with time running out to actually get bills to the governor's desk to become law, the Texas House is working overtime to expand casino gambling, which is going to give Democrats a bunch more campaign cash, rush through gun control, which luckily got killed after Republicans teamed up with Democrats to try to pass it, and a slew of other legislation that is not Republican priorities. These are not in the best interest of Texans. While the Texas Senate has already passed stuff and is waiting for the House to actually take action, the House is teaming up with Democrats to pass bad policy. And today, we're going to break down a handful of those bills for you. Let's get to the show. This is the last week that House bills can actually pass the chamber to go to the Senate and have a chance of becoming law. So House leadership has come together to try to ramrod a handful of big bills through the process so that they still have a chance of passing. What are those bills? Well, earlier in the week, we literally saw the chamber suspend action, go to committee, and two Republicans voted with Democrats on House Bill 2744. This is a Democrat priority that would have raised the age limit that you needed to be to be able to buy certain weapons from 18 to 21. This is a goal of the Democrat Party. It is a priority of the Democrat Party. It violates the principles of the Republican Party of Texas and the Second Amendment. It is unconstitutional, but after a tragic shooting happened, Democrats took advantage and convinced a couple of Republicans to jump on their team to pass out of committee legislation that would violate young Texans' constitutional rights. Somebody who can be drafted into the military, given a gun and said, go into combat and shoot someone. Also, According to Justin Holland and Sam Harless, the two Republicans that teamed up with the Democrats, those people cannot go in and purchase certain rifles. That's insane. That's crazy. That is literally buying into the lies that the left says about the Second Amendment. And Justin Holland and Sam Harless have rightfully been criticized by every single gun group in the state of Texas. Now, luckily, that last minute antic was not successful enough to land that bill on the House calendar. But while many Republican priorities are dying by the day and many conservative policies are dying by the day, the Texas House set aside Wednesday to debate casino expansion and actually casino legalization because there are no casinos in Texas. Sports betting, casinos. The casino lobby has hired 100 lobbyists and if they are able to legalize the oligarchic, basic like government subsidized oligarchy that is casinos, who is that are then going to financially pillage the citizenry. They will then be the largest financial donations, like the, the largest financial players in campaign politics in Texas. I'm telling you, it is one of the worst decisions that could ever happen. And with the clock ticking down and many conservative policies dying literally by the hour, this is what House leadership placed on their major state calendar. So they stopped everything and tried to rush through a gun control measure that didn't actually end up getting placed on the calendar. They are trying to pass casino legislation. 
They have a bill called the Romeo and Homeo law, which I've heard it referred to. Other people have called it various different things. So there was a bill that was passed. I think it actually might've been passed in the first session that I was there in the legislature. I was 17 years old and it was called Romeo and Juliet law, which essentially meant that a 19 year old who is in a relationship with a 17 year old cannot be charged for having intercourse with a minor, okay? And I mean, literally men came and testified about like, hey, I'm a 45 year old man who am a registered sex offender because of the fact that my wife and I, when we were dating, uh, you know, had sex and our uh, dad got hit, her dad got pissed off and now I'm a sex offender. I'm still literally married to that woman and we have four children, but I'm, this seems like a bit of a problem. And so the Romeo and Juliet law passed, which essentially said, if you're within a couple years of this person, y'all can be involved, romantically involved, and the law cannot come after you for doing something inappropriate with a minor. Well, the Democrat party uh, would like this to apply to some men who try to engage in sexual activity with some boys, which is kind of disturbing if you think about it. And the Republican Party and the Republican leadership in the Texas House, well, let me just back up. Not the Republican Party, the Republican leadership in the Texas House of Representatives has literally paved the way for this legislation to be debated. They voted it out of a Democrat committee. Okay, Democrat chairs are able to pass this kind of radical, crazy policy. And then it goes to the calendars committee, but it can't be placed on a calendar without Republican leadership saying, we want this to become law. And they put it on the calendar. This is while legislation that would ban CRT from college university classrooms, colleges that we are giving billions more dollars we haven't even heard the bill in committee that would say you cannot give and, and push Marxist ideas in the classroom. That bill's not even getting a hearing. But this bill that's going to try to expand legal protections for some men who want to engage in sexual intercourse with some boys is going to be debated on the Texas House floor. There is a massive problem with priorities going on right now and everybody who is seeing it is getting pretty frustrated. Last night, uh, and you're probably listening to this, it's probably a day or two ago, but on Tuesday night, House Bill 20 was debated. And House Bill 20 is a phenomenal piece of policy that has been crafted by Representative Matt Schaefer, who worked very hard to craft policy and to work with multiple different conservative organizations to ensure that this policy was as strong and conservative as possible to establish an excellent program where Texas could actually start protecting, preserving, and enforcing its own border. Where it could actually send people to the border and when people come across, could return those individuals to the country where they came. It is an excellent bill. It was an excellent bill. Here's the problem. See, in the Texas Senate, the bottom 30 bills are reserved by the lieutenant governor. And then he works with senators to assign those bills to different senators based on their 
priorities and his priorities and the people of Texas's priorities, the Republican Party of Texas's priorities. Everybody gets a seat at the table. They all get to create these priorities. And then those priorities fly through the legislative process because that's how it's supposed to work with priorities. Those go first. If I literally said to a room of people, everybody on the first two rows have the priority, y'all are priorities, y'all come up first. Imagine if I said, y'all are the priority and the two of you, y'all get in the very back of the line. That would be a strange statement, right? Well, the Senate doesn't operate that way. But in the Texas House, it seems like if a priority of the speaker who does the same thing, he reserves these lower bill numbers. If a priority is authored by a Democrat and it's gonna expand welfare, for example, that thing flies through the process. They're literally passing these bills in March but the border security bill is held up and held up and held up and held up until two days before the deadline. And what that also means is that if, and what happened was when the bill died on a point of order, guess what? That bill died entirely. All of the work on House Bill 20, dead. Now I'm going to talk about how they added some of it back into House Bill 7. We'll discuss that in just a second. But House Bill 20 is a bill dead. The Texas House decided to put it on the calendar. House leadership, the calendars committee said, let's put this at a time where if it dies with a point of order, it's dead for good. Now here's the other crazy thing. You will hear and some of you, if you reach out to your Republican state representative, they will say, well, the parliamentarian said, and here's something I need you to understand. You might go like, well, who's the parliamentarian? Well, the parliamentarian is this Democrat activist that they have working for Dade Feeling. And he's a Democrat and he's an activist and he has a lot of leftist ideas. And Dade Feeling has decided that that is who he's going to depend on for parliamentary perspective, not rulings. The speaker makes rulings. So a Democrat lawmaker can rise and say, I want to kill this immigration bill. And I rise to call a point of order, meaning there is something that this bill has that is a defect to the extent that it violates a rule of the House and should be ruled out of order. And if it's ruled out of order, it's not on the calendar. So there are things you look at, okay? You could say the bill analysis is misleading. You could say the uh, there's all sorts of different rules. You could say this violates the Constitution for some reason or another, right? And then you go up to the front, and if you're ever watching what's on the House floor, after a point of order is called at the bottom, it says point of order. And then when you look down, you'll see this big scrum. It's like 30 lawmakers all at the front dais, and they're arguing the point of order. They're hearing the arguments made, okay? When those arguments are made, the parliamentarians give a general perspective and the Speaker of the Texas House rules on the bill. The Speaker of the Texas House has been selected by the membership to make these rulings. You will decide. And then when he makes a ruling, if the chamber wants to override that ruling, 10 members can sign a piece of paper and challenge a ruling of the chair. So for SB 14, that's been killed twice on a point of order. If there were 10 Republicans that said, no, we're going to hear this bill tonight. And that little issue you have with this one word in the bill analysis, we think is ridiculous and absurd. We disagree with Dade Phelan. We're going to vote on this. 10 signatures could be submitted 
a vote would get taken, and if the chair's ruling was overruled, then the bill would proceed. You would vote on the bill. That's how it works. So if you ever hear a member of the legislature tell you, oh, well, this bill died because the parliamentarian, the parliamentarian is never responsible for a ruling in the Texas House. The speaker of the Texas House, who's not only elected by his people, but then these state representatives put him in that position, knowing very well that he's going to have a parliamentarian that's a Democrat activist who's going and has used his position to kill so far quite a few conservative policies. He's not going to kill the ban on genital mutilation, but he has killed it twice on the floor, which burned entire days that could have been used to pass other Republican bills. And now it will come up later this week. So what happened to HB 20? Well, what they did was these Republicans, because now they're going, well, we don't want to call out Dade. The bill's dead. So they come up with this idea to take some of the policy and throw it into House Bill 7. And there's aspects that have been added to House Bill 7, which is another border bill, that are actually good. But Ken Cuccinelli at the Center for Renewing America had some great analysis that I think we want to break down because it gives us some insight into the problems with what they actually added into House Bill 7. Ken said, unfortunate news from the Texas legislature. That's kind of putting it mildly. House Bill 20 was defeated today and a weak version went into House Bill 7. It would be worse to pass HB 7 than to not pass it. Why? Well, I'll tell you why. Right now, if the governor of Texas was willing to confront the invasion from Mexico, he can do that with extremely limited exceptions. Greg Abbott has not been willing to actually repel invaders. And that's a bad thing, by the way. I'm adding that, but I'm going to get back to what Ken said. He has not been willing to actually repel invaders. But again, he could if he was willing under Article 1, Section 10 of the U.S. Constitution. If HB 7 passed and was signed into law, it would actually subject what is now the governor's sole authority to each border county commission. And this is the crazy thing, by the way. When they put HB, uh, this, this weaker version of HB 20 onto HB 7, they inserted some stuff. And one of the things they inserted was that the only way this Texas force could, in, could secure Texas's border is if the Democrat county commissioner's court in the county voted to let them. That is insane. It's also why Republicans in the Texas House do not know how to fight on some of the most important issues facing our state. They put language in this bill that said that we will secure your border as long as the local Democrats are on board. Can you imagine somebody running that as a campaign TV ad? As your state representative, I'll fight to secure the border as long as the Democrat County Commissioner's Court vote and give me written approval to do so. That person would never get elected. That doesn't mean those people aren't elected. They just never tell Republican voters that's what they're going to do. Then they go down there and they write this garbage. Representative Tinderholt the next day, because these guys don't even realize what's getting added onto the bill. So the next day, Representative Tony Tinderholt goes on the House floor and says, hey, we need to take this out. Democrats complain because it's probably some deal that they cut with Dade Phelan. Tony forces the vote. Every single Republican votes with Tony Tinderholt. So they'll all vote if they're forced on the policy to do it. Here's the crazy thing, though. 
every Republican voting for that amendment didn't take it out of the bill. Why? Because they snuck it on last minute. No one saw it till after it passed. And then by the time the next day came around, it was third reading. And on third reading, you need 100 votes. So they needed Democrats to cross over and vote with them, which of course didn't happen. So now this broken bill goes to the Senate. They will likely make it better. And that's actually a good segue to the Senate making things better, the House making things worse. But the Senate will likely make it better. But this is the kind of policy that is coming out of the Texas House of Representatives. This is the problem. Let's take a quick break and then come back and talk about Senate bills that are being watered down in the Texas House. Did you know you can watch the Texas Legislature live? If you have a Roku or Apple TV device, download the free Texas Scorecard app. There, you can find gavel-to-gavel -gavel coverage of the legislature, as well as all the great Texas Scorecard video content, like the headline, heads up, and scorecard documentaries. Download the Texas Scorecard app for free on Roku or Apple TV. There are two important education-related bills in the Texas House of Representatives that they are watering down from what the Senate sent them. One is, of course, the school choice bill, the ESA bill. Um, we have not seen the details yet as of this recording, but the House is moving something out likely. It sounds like what has been reported that they're going to do is they're going to significantly restrict who can get it. So not everyone being indoctrinated and groomed by liberal leftist teachers who are donating to Beto O'Rourke will be able to have an education savings account, but only some. And they could restrict that to just special needs kids or just poor kids or something. We don't really know. We're not sure all the restrictions. But the other thing that's been reported is that they have removed the section of the bill that actually limited what teachers, how teachers could groom children in the classroom. So this was what they did in Florida. It was going to say that teachers may not discuss things regarding sexual and gender identity with children in like, I think it was through fifth or sixth grade. I don't remember the exact limitation, but it was definitely the first several grades of public school. Now, it looks like the House has removed that, probably in an effort to try to get some Democrat votes or some deal they've cut with the LGBT caucus. I mean, because they're passing the other stuff with the Romeo and Juliet now becoming Romeo and Homeo. So who knows what all they are doing, right? Or deals they're getting cut and how many little trinkets they're trying to give the LGBT caucus um, in exchange for the LGBT caucus letting them pass some of these other bills. And that's kind of how they think. You have to understand that when they pass like a genital mutilation ban, they're like, well... We passed it, so they're mad, so let's try to give them something else. And then they'll trade away a good piece of policy. That's one example of a good bill that came from the Senate that is being significantly watered in the House. That's SB 8. The other is SB 17. I still haven't seen the committee substitute for SB 17, but I'm coming to you all with this information because I'm not coming back until early next week, and a lot's going to happen over the next several days. But SB 17 is what limits DEI in universities. It bans DEI from universities. That's diversity, equity, and inclusion. And these are the Marxist programs that these universities have set up both to dictate their hiring practices. So they have race-based hiring practices. If you have two people that are both applying to be a mathematics professor, you are going to hire based on the color of their skin. That is the way these universities operate and what Conservatives are trying to stop. By the way, conservatives have already planned on giving these universities billions of dollars in pay raises, whether they pass the DEI or CRT bills or not. That's a major problem. But the Senate passed a great bill, a bill that says you can't do it. You cannot have that in any way in your university, okay, with programs or hiring or anything like that. 
and the Texas House is moving some version of it. And when I get the details, I will let you know what the details are. But from conversations of people that are you know, in the committee process and all that, it is clear that they are at least changing portions of the bill. And I will tell you, I have yet to see a Senate bill come over and be made stronger and more conservative. I have only seen them slightly gutted or significantly gutted, right? And so as Senate bills come to the House floor, you'll realize they are likely missing key conservative components they've had. Those are two examples of where that has happened. Guys, there's a lot going on this week, and I just hope that y'all are staying as engaged as possible. If you're not engaged with some of these other conservative groups out there, try to find ones that actually matter for the issues you care about because they are keeping people as involved and engaged as possible. It's very encouraging. I was literally coming into the Capitol uh, just this morning and somebody who was right there at the entrance just said, oh, hey, uh, when's your next episode coming out? And I literally ran into multiple activists in the Capitol every single week. People that say, hey, I'm listening to your show. I'm watching your show. I was at a Republican event in San Antonio. I had multiple people say, had a lady say, hey, I'm, I haven't testified yet, but I want to get up to the Capitol and testify on something after engaging with your content, watching or listening to the show. And so very encouraging. Thank you for all of you who are engaging more in our content than ever and know that we're trying to give you as much information as we can so that you can be equipped, empowered, educated to know what to do, how to engage, how to talk to your lawmakers, what to demand. Guys, they're gonna run out of time. And when I say run out of time, I mean they're, they have set themselves up to run out of time. The Texas House of Representatives has designed the session to run out of time and a bunch of conservative policy to die. It is going to be very unfortunate. But that doesn't mean that pressure in the next week and a half won't deliver more conservative policy than otherwise would have been delivered. And we talked to you on the last episode about that Texas Family Project ad. Here's what you need to know. Within 36 hours of Texas Family Project going up on television in Dade Fields District, that ban on drag shows was placed for a hearing. And the hearing happened on May 10th, and that bill could still become law. And that bill wouldn't have become law if conservatives hadn't started kicking everybody in the pants and telling Dade Phelan that he was killing this bill, laying that bill at the feet of Dade Phelan. And when these guys realize that there are people in their own community that think that they're going to be responsible or really know that are shown that they're going to be responsible for letting children be further sexualized at all these performances, all of a sudden they get their people together and they say, we need to get this bill out. That's what's happening because of pressure that you're putting on and everybody else is putting on. So don't stop. Keep demanding it. You are trying to get a chamber of people that don't want to do the right thing to do the right thing. Don't stop fighting to make that happen. May God bless you and may God bless the great state of Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Macias Show. To find out more information about what's going on here in Texas, visit texasscorecard.com.